Welcome to the Cardboard Crash Cast. I'm here with three of uh, my friends. This is Christos. How's it going, everyone? Anthony. Hello. And Adam. I'm tired. <laughs> we, uh, we're going to be going over basically part two of the last episode. We're going to be going over project booster failure and maybe a little bit of a spark of light at the end of the tunnel here. Uh, we've got a new development from Mark Rosewater to speak about today. I know it's probably going to be old news by the time this podcast goes up, but we've got somebody here who has never heard about any of this in the last oh, a little over 24 hours it's been up. Isn't that right, Anthony? I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but right. I'm ready to hear it. So I kind of wanted to expand on last time's podcast. We were thinking about ways of fixing the problem. Uh, we're trying to keep it a little bit more positive than... You know, just saying like this sucks. And yeah. 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 We were kind of just like talking about how. Yeah. If you want to recap it yeah, a little bit, <clears throat> like how Ethan and I kind of had just had a conversation where he explained to me Project Booster Fun as an idea and like what we were doing um, since I was not playing anymore and how like we moved from having one booster box to moving to now we have a collector's box, a set booster box and a draft booster box. And apparently a jumpstart booster box as well, and that's a whole other thing. Those are so yeah. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a fine idea. Yeah, yeah. in theory, right. it was a fine idea, right? And like, like yeah, we're gonna separate it, but uh, I think we came to the conclusion that it's kind of like segmenting the community. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like pushing the whales toward collectors and and the like commander players toward the collectors box. Drafters have like literally only one option, and then the set booster kind of just doesn't need to exist. Well, the thing is, like, because I, I was listening, so I didn't get to fully finish it, but I did get to the point where you guys are really kind of talking about that and how it's isolating the different types of people. But that's, like, just overall thinking about it, that was inevitable, right? They needed to push the game into the next step. They needed to innovate, and they wanted to be making more money, right? Like, there's only so much that you, they can get in terms of, like, you have one type of box. It's not even called a draft box, but, you know, calling it that now is, you know, it's a draft box. And you can only get um, a foil every once in a while, and you don't want to get as many mythics and stuff. It's like, like there's only so much for people to chase. Like they needed more to have people to chase. So like mm -hmm. to make more money and innovate and add new things. It was like it's un unfortunately it kind of had to happen. It couldn't just stay a draft box, single box entirely. And that's my opinion. I truly think that it it couldn't be that way. And it had it had to evolve. I uh, personally think it had to. Anthony made a face during that, so I can tell he disagrees. He I totally disagree. Mm -hmm. I do not buy sealed anymore, and it's because of these different boxes and all everything like that and i before when it's just one box i used to buy half a case every time a new set came out all the time like whatever set it was i didn't care if i liked it or didn't i just i liked buying it i don't feel like you need to buy i don't i feel like that's why the prices have increased on the packs is because draft doesn't sell it like draft you, you always go to card stores you see draft boxes they're just sitting there collecting dust no one buys it except like you know the one drafter that comes in they don't, they don't, they're not picking up price. The set boosters are, you know, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't think they sell as well either. It's all the collector boosters. So I, I don't know. I think that's why all the car, the prices are picking up. Well, you, well, you'd be surprised and we'll, we'll probably get into it shortly here, but that was kind of the whole point of this announcement is they were talking about the different products that they sell and how overwhelming they can be and kind of wanting to return to form um, with these play boosters and, the thing is, set really was insanely overselling compared to draft. Like, this is what's saving draft because they really they were realizing that people weren't buying draft anymore. But realistically, yeah, of course you're not going to buy draft anymore because it's objectively worse. It's a little cheaper, 
but most people want to buy the boxes to get the good stuff in the set. Yeah. So of course they're going to buy them. So that was a, that was a large part of our point of the last yeah. one is because so we're we're saying that draft should have value. Yeah, absolutely. Like if in in order to save this, you have to re-inject the value into the draft. And the fact that set boosters existed in the first place, um, I think I think I made personally a good point in the last episode. I kind of concluded with they were very very confident right out of the gate when they said we are making collector boost boosters we are making draft boosters and at the time they said theme boosters right so they were super confident right out of the gate with collector boosters and that made a lot of sense but the fact that a year later a whole year later they had to be like actually theme boosters didn't work uh we're gonna do set boosters instead and test this out i think it proved to me looking back that they were very confident with collector boosters and they are going to continue to be but they were not ever as confident with set the difference between draft and set as they were with the, the collectors. I mean, the existence of set literally kind of just invalidates draft yeah. entirely. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what we talked about for the most part, is that, like, why they don't they don't live in harmony. Mm-hmm. So, because one, like you said, right, and, like, I even pointed it out, I had a person that I used to draft with that if unless we opened a new box, he would leave the store. So if, if he were not opening a new box, that means he's not drafting. Because he, he, to your point of what you said before, he wants to come into a store, be able to open a Chase Rare, a Chase Mythic, out of a new box. And with, from what I gathered from what Ethan told me, that's not existent <clears throat> in a draft booster. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess you can get we could segue into it, mm-hmm. uh, what this this uh, whole yeah, Mark so Rosewater thing's about. Fully recapping... Oh, yeah. I just want to say real quickly, mm-hmm. I was a fan of the theme boosters, uh, maybe because I always got every hit that I wanted when I bought them, but um, I think they should bring them back. Wait, were those the ones where it was like, you just buy it and it's like a green collection, it's just only green yeah. cards? Yeah. yeah. Those they, were awful. What are you talking about? I, so every time I bought a theme booster, I was like, I'm going to buy the black one. I might get a me hook. Literally got it. I okay, got the me hook. I, I, I forget what blue card it was, but I was like, I feel like getting that one blue card. Got Literally got it. I was... Yeah. Me, just for me, just my personal opinion, I'm sure many people disagree. Mm-hmm. Every time I wanted to hit, I got the theme booster and I got it. They had so much like bulk trash and then what, you had like two rare slots and that was it? Yeah. You know, the other thing about the pack that I think that was semi-decent was that it gave you a lot of, right, you said the bulk uh, the bulk race, but it also gave you like duplicates of the uncommons. Okay. So sure. like if you were some somebody that played a 60 card format then you could buy one of those steam boosters and be like you probably hit those uncommons that you needed and without even buying it. And and that's kind of like uh we we talked about it in the last podcast how people used to draft and those same people would take what they draft and go play standard. And now like because standard basically doesn't exist in ter- and like like we go to play FNM, it's commander, right? So the existence of draft and and set boosters with no FNM with standard it makes no sense. It's like you can't transition into FNM with it for standard because it's not the same. And then we had a whole conversation about Arena and like a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff. It opened a whole box. Yeah, so stuff. just to recap the last episode, I definitely suggest going to uh, listen to that episode. Um, even I think uh, a couple of us here haven't haven't heard the whole thing. Um, if you are interested in hearing the first part of that conversation, it was actually pretty funny because it was completely... I don't want to say completely, but it was partially answered um, by the by this article that we're going to be going through today. 
Uh, we talked very much about how there was no point in the in the split of those, and we talked about um, what solutions there might be. And what solutions Wizards of the Coast came up with is this article here. I'm going to be going through each of the main points of this article, and then we'll be able to sort of chime in and give our own takes on this. I'm sure you've all in the audience talked with your friends about it and everything, but you're about to hear four idiots' views on this as well. Uh <laughs> And the one that I'm going to be talking about today is What Are Play Boosters by Mark Rosewater. This was published on October 16th, 2023, which is yesterday at the time of recording this. Um, so right away, introducing a new booster type. Uh, people have had quite a few different views on it since then. Getting into it right away, the set and draft booster are being combined into a new type of booster we're calling the Play Booster. In this article, I will explain why this is happening, walk through what the new play boosters will include, and share the details of their introduction into magic. So, um, how did the play boosters come about? He talks a lot about the original thoughts of Zendikar Rising and everything, um, but f right away he does say there's also the collector booster. Um, people enjoy them, They're no they have no plans to change them, um, except for like theming them to the sets. Uh, the conversation today is only about set and draft. They're very confident with collector boosters, which kind of comes back to my point of how they came right out of the gate confident about them. So he goes through a list of problems that splitting draft and set have has caused. And I want to get into problem number one like right away, and I feel like we're going to have some thoughts on it just after the title. Problem number one by Mark Rosewater. Set boosters eclipsed draft boosters. Set boosters became the top choice for players, and I should stress not by a little bit, but significantly. This means that when players had a choice of what to buy, they were opting to buy set boosters. The problem is that set boosters were not designed for limited play. So for example, if they only had set boosters in stock in a store, they couldn't run drafts. Um, further down, he says this meant that no drafts could be played in those markets. Many players have tried to use set boosters for limited play with it being their only option but because they're not designed for limited, it results in significantly substandard limited play. And that was his first point. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost want to say, duh. Yeah. Like, like it's kind of just pointing out the obvious. Like, we made the transition into splitting them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, of course we can't do one with, like, with the, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I think in hindsight, it actually, you know, it's very clear, obviously, that, you know, oh, duh, why, like, it clearly split up. But I think at the time, it was very, like, and I think this happens with just a lot of things, and people say it in general, is, like, people, like, customers might not always know what they want, so they might think, like, yeah, it would be really nice to, like, I don't want to have to draft to, like, buy cards. Like, sometimes I just want to, like, buy a box. I'll still draft, but I just want to buy a box and open it and get some good stuff yeah. instead of, like, having to draft. But then when it actually, like, played out, way more people were just, like, there's so much more value in the set boosters. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care about the draft. And I think another big thing about this, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't have the statistics. But I think it drew in a lot of people because some people who were maybe not, like, interested in draft just got interested in magic, especially during quarantine and all that. People were collecting cards. This was, like, the perfect time. I don't know if it was kind of because set boosters came out. Um, what was the first set? Set boosters came out in twenty twenty, one year after twenty twenty. Uh, like mid mid to early twenty twenty was when lockdown kind of happened. Set, set boosters started in Zendikar Rising. Did yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, mm -hmm. like probably like eight months after, or maybe a year after. Nearly they, a year they, after they Throne of Eldraine. Yeah, they announced Project Booster Fund. Because okay. Throne of Eldraine was the first split between draft, uh, draft theme 
and collector boosters, and it wasn't until Sendikar Rising when they dropped theme and added set. Mm. Okay. I, I, I don't want to dwell too much on it, but uh, I will say, because like, we come from different perspectives, me and, uh, and Adam, uh, like there was nothing wrong with the way things were before in terms of drafting. Like Drafting was not an issue. They, they made drafting sets, even, like Conspiracy and Battle Bond, and they were fine. They, they functioned well. Now, if you want to make the argument for saying, oh, there wasn't a lot of value in buying a box, that is might be a little more validated. But if that's the case, they could have just recognized that and increased rarity drops, which is exactly what they did, except instead of just doing that, they split it into three different packs. I think they could honestly, like, I, I don't know about the play boosters yet, I'm wait to hear the full thing, but I think, <laughs> honestly, what why draft doesn't sell is because it's only like 10 to 20 dollars cheaper than the set booster box i think if they made it a little cheaper which i i'm sure they could afford maybe 60 to 80 bucks Mm -hmm. for a draft box on just standard price not like after the set is like whoa it's kind of garbage let's not buy the cards but if that was like standard price i think draft boxes would sell if msrp still existed yeah if that was still existed if that was like the standard price i think people would buy it because they they purposely dropped msrp yeah they had so. MS, They dropped MSRP in February 18th, 2019, oh, uh, starting wow. with War of the Spark. Okay, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So even before Throne of Eldraine, they dropped Throne of uh, MSRP. That's, it's funny you say that, because like, up until that point, I had bought a box of every set, but I did not do that for War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why, but I, I know I remember specifically not doing it. Yeah, we didn't talk a lot about that on in the last one. I didn't want to talk yeah. about it too much, because it's a little... I don't want to give too much financial advice on this podcast just because things are changing all the time. And and I'm sure yeah. you're listening to this in a whole different part of the world, too, where MSRP still does exist or, you know, you're right in saying that it could they could have incre- separated the prices more. Like mm-hmm. if they purposely made those cards less valuable and more valuable in the set packs and it separated that, it might have caused it. Um, but to Adam's point... Unfortunately, you don't have Mark Rosewater standing right there explaining to the average customer who's never played Magic before or is just buying a single pack, like, this is what you get if you want to do this. This is what you get if you want to do this. People just don't know. Not even the consumer doesn't know. Sometimes the store owner doesn't know. And rightfully so. That's that's a lot of skews. Um, in their inventory. And that do- that brings me exactly to problem number two with, um, with the... He says, it causes inventory problems. This is a bit simplified, but here's how a store manages magic product. Um, you guys are going to love this. They buy product A and sell it. Then they use the money to buy product B. Then they sell product B and use the money to buy product C. If for some reason they don't sell all of a product, it gets stuck in their inventory, meaning it isn't converted into money to buy the next product. Um, and that causes huge problems for stores. Which again, duh. But, okay, moving on. Uh, Once upon a time, a store just had one booster to buy for any Magic set. So that's what they bought. Now, every set releases with both set and draft and collector. Most of their customers prefer set boosters, but limited play, which fosters community and can be additional income for the store, requires draft boosters. How much do you get of each? Uh, Get too many set boosters and not enough draft boosters, and you can't run limited, which costs the store money. Get too many draft and not enough set, you run out of what the customer wants to buy passively, which also costs you money. If if a wizard's employee was standing right there and explaining to every single customer what the product was, why it's here, but that, that explanation is found on articles online. That's not found in the store. That's not found on the packs. And people just get confused, and they don't know what to buy. I mean, we know what to buy, but we're like 
we're, we're, we're like the top five percent it's, it's so fifth, hard it's like the fifth we're like the top like 95th percent it's it's really hard at least it to think about because realistically it is not that difficult right it's like you have three different products they do slightly different things it's really not that hard but magic isn't the isn't the only thing that most people do we, no no our, I, our main I understand hobby is magic but, but i think that could it's hard because that could be applied to pretty much anything people do where it's like there's always an in-depth level to it and it's like outside of surface level i think realistically it's not that bad but then mm-hmm. i don't know you just have to put yourself into other people's shoes and be like well yeah it, it can be a lot and it is a little confusing especially with at least all the amount of products that are coming out mm-hmm. i mean i don't know i'm gonna break this down the way i see it right i think Ethan saying Mark Rosewater there explaining like the three different products or whatever. Just just think about it this way. Like you think about every other card game and I've played a lot of different card games. There this is not going on in any of the card games. The card games is you explain the rules of the card game, you sit down and you play the card game. There's no card game company that has the draft, the set, the collector, the theme, the the all these different packs. To inject Pokemon only has one set still. One pack still. You and kill. they and they Pokemon doesn't even do like different formats yeah they have like constructed versus eternal format but like they don't do commander they don't do all these different things where like you have a different set code specifically for a specific format they don't confuse their customers like this and and again we're in the like top fifth percentile the person listening to this is probably in the top 10 10 fifth you know 95th percentile where it's like yeah, of course it's it's easy for us, but like I don't go into a car shop and speak to the mechanic like I know the difference between this brand and this brand and this brand. Whereas he knows, like he is part of that. That's his top hobby. That's his job. There's a lot of logistics that yeah. even we don't understand. Even being the the in the upper percentile, I'm sure that if we spoke to any wizards employee about the logistics behind this, they would probably maybe give us a, like a lesson in this and maybe open our eyes a little bit. But being people that we are and we have been in the space for so long, we kind of understand why, like, you know, back in the day, why there was only one box and how it functioned. And then when they make the split, like the the decisions behind that, you, I, you can understand it from a business perspective, sure, if you just like dig and find information on it. But the average Joe that just is like, yeah, like gets a call from his friend, hey, do you want to go play Commander this Friday? Sure. And he only plays Commander like once or twice a month. That dude doesn't care. So like when he goes to like to a store and there, and he wants to buy a pack and there's three different options and he doesn't know like which one's which. He's he never even heard of draft before because he got into the game with Commander. Like he's or he's from Arena. It's unnecessary confusion and then it frustrates the people that I want to play with in the game store. And then they don't know what, what to buy. They're frustrated when they buy something that's only like 50 cents less than the other thing and then they realize that the other thing was twice as much value. So, well, I don't know. So, I'm I'm trying to like think about it right now and obviously I think the main purpose of them doing it in the first place was to reach a wider audience, clearly. Like they wanted different types of people to get in the game. They wanted to provide different experiences for different people. Um as I was saying before, like some people did like draft and probably some people didn't or like that's just not what was interesting to them and you know, for the card game to evolve, they need to try different marketing strategies. And this stuff obviously happened again before, you know, COVID, right? So they probably didn't plan for these kind of set booster stuff to fall around the same time that like COVID was going to happen. Sure. All this, this, this huge craze for people to collect things. I feel like a lot of people probably got into magic at that time. And then maybe a lot of those people were now new customers who were only purchasing the new things. And like, it was, it was a short term thing, right? They were making a lot of money in the short term 
off of like these new products and this being new and interesting, but it long-term kind of, you know, shot themselves in the foot um, with kind of the problems that it created. But I think, I feel like there was good intention there, but they were also trying to make money and just grow the, the game in general. I think that like the intention originally was that they were going to try to get new people into the game. I don't think that's really what it ended up being. The execution ended up being that they were really just, even though they were trying to do this, they were really just targeting the people that were already in the game. And it was splitting those people into essentially two or three groups of like, these are the people who play, these are the people who collect. The collecting people don't get stuff to play with because you can't um, you can't draft with set and collector boosters. And the people who want to play the game using the boost using boosters don't really collect because they don't get anything of value. So like they wanted to appeal to the collector's market and to the playing market, but what they really did is they took the existing player base and split them in, in a split that never needed to exist in the first place. I mean, look at how many people play Pokemon that don't actually play Pokemon. They just buy cards to have a binder full of them. There's yeah. people like that for Magic too. But the thing that's, is... That's what he's saying, collectors. But, right, but the thing is with Pokemon... The person who goes in that just wants to collect Pokemon cards and put it into a binder using the packs, they buy the exact same pack as the people who are drafting Pokemon. Yeah, but now you, now they're being and marketed no, a specific no box that's like this is for you. But there's but they it, it's just unnecessary because the Pokemon is because Pokemon's still doing well. Just to expand on that, right? Magic was doing well before all of this. It was doing really well. Like I I brought it up in our last podcast. I used to draft almost every day of the week. Now I can't, I like, I go on to Wizards website, I go to like events near me, it's only commander events, nothing else. So if they're, if they're, their whole purpose for doing this is to cater to a certain audience, if, if, if anything, it does exactly what Ethan explains. It segregates people. And not only that, it's almost in my eyes, borderline, like kind of predatory. Cause you're like, kind of like, you're like, okay, you're just basically pushing product at people that you know will buy. Oh, they're milking for sure. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. hey, this small group section of our, our player base that buy a ton of product, yeah, we're going to increase the product that you buy to $25 a booster, and everybody else can keep doing the same thing. Makes sense from a business perspective, but it completely splits those people into a different group. They don't even hang out anymore with the people who draft. It's un Sorry, Anthony, you were going to say no, something? No, yeah, I just wanted to say real quickly, uh, back then before the whole changes and everything, I just remember, because like, when I was on when I was on base, because I used to be in the military, uh, all my friends, my friends and I, we pretty much, we as soon as they get stock for Magic, because they get stock for Magic too in their stores, it, we buy it out. And now it's it's not like that anymore. It's like, I go to BX now and it's just full. It's just no one buys it. I mean, granted, I mean, I'm not with my friends anymore, but it was more than just me and my friends buying those Magic cards. It was people on base. It was, you know, people that could had access to the base. I don't think, I just feel like people don't buy because all you have to do is you have to walk in and you have to go, I want this set. Yeah. Give me a box of that set. And the all the store has to do is buy 90 boxes of that set because that's what they expect to sell. It was, they don't have yeah. to try to guess as to, uh, well, are the people who are going to come in, are they drafters? Are they collectors? How much of each of those come into my store? If the people who are whales and collect move moved away since the last time they came in is that going to totally mess it up like kind of loose back to the article where they were saying like it, it was causing confusion for stores because they had to buy 
three different types of boxes, and then as soon as the next set comes out, and then, and not only that, rather five, the, five the, or six different yeah, types of and the, and the cadence of decks, sets, and, yeah, yeah. It, it, so now you have now you have three different sets from three different sets, three different boxes, and those boxes are now stale inventory, not moving, and the and the store just loses money. And then the only thing that they have to back up on is opening those boxes and selling singled and spending eight hours listing those singles where they could have just spent an hour listing the boxes. I mean, you, I mean, like I, I'd be just helping you out, right? I, I do one box of like an old or one stack of like an old set takes me like ten minutes. I do like March of the Machine takes me sometimes like two hours because there's like five different versions of a card. Well, we haven't even talked about versions. But like we've only but talked yeah, about yeah, packs, yeah, and like versions within those packs. We, you were talking about the abandonment of draft boosters. That is literally the name of pro- of problem number three by Mark Rosewater. I kind of want to move on to the next point. Yeah, I just want to mention real quickly. Uh, Chris Christos mentioned earlier about arena players coming to paper. Uh, they already know this pain because as someone who's been recently getting back into arena, there's three different packs on the shop. So there is. there is. Yes, yes, so we there. discussed in the last podcast. That's wrong. Then so and there's there's we, we were no, saying we, we, we said one. in the last podcast that there was only one. No. So there's, there's the regular pack, the golden pack, and then the mythic pack. And the only way you can actually know the difference is you have to go to the website and read the 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 statistics on the pack. So the mythic pack is you have a higher chance of pulling a mythic fire member. So it's essentially draft set and collector. Does it not say it on the like on the app or anything? You like have that? to go to the website because I don't remember being able to see the the different thing because it, it I think it actually says on the pack you have to go to the website to read the different things, just like the golden pack and then. Uh, you can yeah. do that if you have a specific audience. That's the thing. If people are like, if you're a small card game or you're a small company, you can. Like, for board games, for example, a lot of board games, when they're on Kickstarter, will say, you can kickstart and you can pledge for the normal version, or you can pledge for the premium version. But you can do that when you have a small audience. But when you have an audience as massive as Magic, you have to make it as easy as possible. And that's nothing against Magic players. That is just life. Like, when you when you're, when you get to a point where you're trying to please everybody, you can't expand it like that you have to just make it easy the iphone only comes out with one a year and they just number it it's just here's the iphone 14 15 they don't five flavors and there you go yeah (laughs) like they don't they don't go here's the iphone titanium five plus x pink tradition now granted they do have different sizes and all of that but like they don't have it's not like massively different for every single version of the phone i I, I compare it mostly to like in my mind because i come from the restaurant business like having a menu with way too much stuff on it. I was thinking the exact same yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, exact same thing. Like you want when you're when you're that big, you want a nice condensed menu, not like thirty different options. You don't want to like mm-hmm. it, it complicates everything. Yes, yeah. So I've worked in both restaurants, uh, chain and family owned. The family owned restaurants, I give a pass. They can have every family recipe they've ever made on that menu, and it's amazing. And everybody who comes into it can be like, wow. They've got so many recipes here. But when you have a chain restaurant that is not only nationwide, but global, like, mag- like Magic is, you have to have 20 really good items and then like a vegan option. And then, you know, you have to just simplify it. Just And a lot of stuff needs to overlap too. I mean, because you can't have one product that's like, uses some special sort of cheese or something. That, that only like, comes from... Yeah, and then no one buys it, and the next thing you know, they spend all that money and then have to throw it out because they're not selling enough. Like, it's... It, it's literally literally akin to exactly what we just explained, right? Having stale products sitting on your shelf from 
last year, you're having like a Dominaria draft booster from last year that has not moved. You mm-hmm. just it it's useless to you. You're not going to get people coming in being like, oh, I brought eight of my friends. We're all going to draft Dominaria because we saw you have the box. But think about it in this way: that would be the same reasons that like some sort of restaurant would make those decisions, right? Oh, we're going to introduce this new thing because it's the hot new craze, right? We're going to introduce this new like food, and sometimes they're limited, but other times they try to put it on the menu or some places like. I know people don't like White Castle. My sister used to work there. I love White Castle. And, like, Castle. they would just load their menu up with so many different items. And it was like, there's just too much. You, you just yeah. need sliders, dude. That's all you need. Yeah. You just need sliders. You yeah, don't need anything else. All this other weird, like, limited time stuff. Like, but they're trying to, like, get people to come in for different things. Like, oh, we have chicken. We've got, like, fish. we got all this but other But really stuff. what it ends up doing is it just ends up confusing the people who loved White Castle and just splitting them into weird... But they're, they're banking on the fact that the people who already go there will just deal with it. Right? And that's the same thing with Magic. Like, well, the people who already play, they'll, they'll still just keep doing what they do. <laughs> I mean, you, Ethan, you told me this today. You said that there's going to be, like, how many how many Commander decks this year? There were So there's going to be 29, including the secret layer. And this is only the announced ones. They could always come up with another secret layer or something. But uh, 29 or 30 Commander decks in 2023. So to, to what you just said, right, about how, like, White Castle has, like, they had, they're just bombarding people with, like, knew this, knew that, right? It's, we're literally living in the, almost exactly the same we're thing. We're living in White Castle magic. Why, this is White Castle magic. <laughs> 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 like, we're, like, we, we are getting so many different sealed products, and on top yeah. of that, we're getting secret layers, and on top of that, I'm sure there's, like, things that I don't even know about that you've probably even told me in passing. But, like, back in the day, right, we had... One commander product every year. We had a from the vault, maybe. Mm-hmm. We had a dual deck here and there. But now it's like every set comes out with like so even Doctor, even Doctor Who draft set collector commander deck. The commander decks have collector sample packs in them. Um, they come out with jumpstart. They come out with bundles. They come out with pre-release kits. They come out with gift bundles. They come out sometimes with premium bundles like Phyrexia All Will Be One's complete one. Um, it's just insane. How is a store? My question is, how is a store supposed to plan what it needs to sell when there are like 15 different products and they don't know who's going to buy what? I, I, I'm thinking to myself right now, uh, the store that uh, I took you guys to where they have like that wall of all the sets and they're in chronological order. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, you'll notice that like they have like nothing new. It's only old sets on the wall and the stuff that's new is in the front and they have like one box of it. I remember the shop owner literally told me he's like, cause I was at, I was looking for uh, chain or chain veil or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, if it's if you talk about commander Master, I didn't buy any of that set. I was like, because oh, <laughs> right, well. <laughs> there's no re- there's no value in opening it, yeah, uh, or even having it in inventory because people are just gonna buy singles. No one buys sealed. So Mark Rosewater says it began the abandonment of draft boosters. The second problem exacerbated the first problem. Having two different types of boosters was causing strain, and stores were opting to buy set. Yes, this came at expense of limited play, but that was the cost of staying in business. That's what they had to do. We had a lot of future forecasting in Studio X, whatever BS, and our people were saying that given enough time, they believed draft boosters would stop being a thing. The market really didn't want two types of core boosters. Limited play, especially draft, is a huge part of the Magic ecosystem. Duh. As I explained above, it's an important part of in-store activity. I know. Christos's mind is like blowing oh. up. <laughs> uh, it's a big driver for, for building community. Our pre-releases use limited play as a way for to sample the set. It's a key part of keeping players with the game long term. Uh, blah, blah, blah. 
seeing draft boosters and this limited play disappear would be a big problem for players and stores. Well, you can't really get like super like frustrated at him because realistically, he has to do the damage control for the people up top who are making these greedy decisions. Okay, I'm, I'm, more, like, I'm more saying duh to like all of Watsi and all of Hasbro, it, not just. It's like, more of like you're. It, it just feels so out of touch. Because the community. That's, that's because it, all of the people, the the suits, you know, the guys that make the decisions, they're not typically going to be the people I, that actually work on the game. I understand it's about business first in their mind. I understand that completely. But if you want to have player retention, customer retention, you build them a product that they're familiar with and that they enjoy, not bombard them with new things and then expect them to be happy with it. But then yeah, you like have the, the whales pe- who pay for it, The man. people who just want a bag... The people who just want a bag of Dorito nacho cheese... Every single week, and they will buy that for the rest of their life. Do not want taco flavor, fish stick flavor, every, th- you know, like my ex's butthole flavor <laughs> every week. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how like you would expect to bombard people and then expect them to continue. I think Adam brought up a really good point is uh, the whales and, um, I have no problem with whales, simply because I, I think I was one when Magic was how I remember it being. Um, but as someone who plays phone games, whales is what carries those games. It's not like the average consumer that is like, oh, I'm going to buy my monthly pack of $5 or whatever. It's the whale. It's the whale that spends $200 uh, you know, on a week or whatever, every week. Or whatever that you know they they consider a whale. That's what carries the game. And I'm pretty sure the whales are carrying the collector booster sales for the most part, and then obviously stores. Now, you brought mobile games, right? And, like, a gotcha game, yeah. it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. you buy, you buy, the, you are, you're a whale in a gotcha game, and you get the best thing, so you can just be the best. You, it's a pay-to-win sort of mentality. Yeah. In Magic, you can pay to win, but you have to pilot the deck. True. There's plenty of people, even back in the day, before all of this happened, right? I'm thinking even back to, like, new Phyrexia standard. People would buy the best deck, go to an FNM, and go 0-3. And just drop. And it's because you can whale in this game as a collector, but you cannot whale in this game as a player. It does not function the same way. Right. And that's beautiful. I still love that about the game. Uh, I, I see people with their net decks and pilot it wrong all the time. And yeah. I think that's beautiful. I think, me. but it's... it's yeah. <laughs> me? me? <laughs> no, no. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's obviously the whales that want to have the... The snazziest looking force of will, or the you know the snazziest bro, looking. I'm a whale, bro. I I, I foil out every yeah, deck I play. Yeah, but... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's what wizards, that's that's what they want. They want to keep that, right? That's they because I'm sure they their price or their their sales have increased on, on on making actual whales like this. You know, so I'm just thinking back right to like the whale mentality in right. the back in the day when I used to still buy boxes. Mm-hmm. Because I had incentive to buy sealed, I would go and buy boxes of Kaladesh to chase those masterpiece inventions. I would go buy Battle for Zendikar because I wanted to get the full art stomping ground, you know, or the whatever the fetches, the what are those called, the expeditions. Right, I wanted to, I wanted to pull them. Mm-hmm. So, and and that was because I come from a mentality where I was collecting the highest version, the most expensive version of a card. So I would go buy the boxes. So now with this change. And I know we're kind of beating a dead horse at this point, but with this change, all you're doing is basically being like, okay, okay, whale, just funnel all your money into these collector packs and never buy a sealed product other than that. And that that makes no sense in terms of like 
the like you want you want your 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 consumers to open as much of your product as possible and if you're putting all your product all your expensive product deliberately in a collector booster it it does nothing but segregate communities in my in my head also i think like the collector packs kind of took the the chase away like in a 100%. sense i think i think most of the chase cards in a sense are very you know very accessible i think you know it's even the the masterpieces that i like from Cat are they're still like $300, like some of the really good ones, um, which is crazy. Uh, but I think that's why they had to throw in the serialized. I, I was just about to say yeah, that. They, they had, had they to, had to re- recompensate because uh, uh, things aren't rare anymore. Exactly. So they have to go. What, what used to be the Expeditions is now a 1 in 1,000 card. It, and my question to you, I guess, um, being from somebody like uh, we mentioned in the last episode where I stopped during Throne of Eldraine, yeah. this whole shift, like in my mind, I just keep thinking about this. Why would they not take the old set booster and in- just increase drop rates of like of stuff or serialize stuff in those in those boxes or something like that mm-hmm. instead of like doing this and basically just like not not only causing confusion for the consumer but causing confusion for the local game store. Yeah, that actually needs has to... been keeping your. I mean, I don't want to say loyalty matters like people will the game the stores are already dropping the game the stores will continue to keep dropping the game if you don't have loyalty to them when they've been keeping your game afloat for the last 30 years i don't understand where where the mentality is coming from and the confusion in the marketplace is exactly problem number four from mark rosewater oh i just yeah uh i think commander masters is i think is is a really good example of like if one set if we had one set Simply because it had borderless in there, it had regular cards, it had foils, it had um, it had a good mixture of everything, really. And then Except you could even serialize. right. But I'm saying you could put serial. That could be like the masterpieces of a, of, of a set. Mm-hmm. And serialize and the put, commanders that come from the the, yeah. the big the new cards from the set. Serialize I, them. I guarantee you, if that was one box, if that was like one set, there's no play boost or, or whatever. You know, different sets. It was just one box. That's Commander Masters. And they had everything in that, and you could pull. You had the chance to pull everything in one pack. I would buy that. Pack. I would buy a box of that. I'd buy a uh, case. Yeah, I'd buy a case. Yeah, because it, you're yeah. not to say you're guaranteed a serialized card, but like, imagine if you bought a case and then you pulled a serialized card. It it pays for your whole case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, here here's the thing. Like, the issue is that like once everyone's special, nobody's special, right? So like. But they wanted they wanted to give that experience to everyone, right? Because I'm assuming there were, there were a lot of people that did have the complaint of like you had the one the one box and people just wanted more access to things, but they didn't want to sink all of their money into it. So like they're trying to accommodate for those people. They're also looking at how they can make money off of those people. And now obviously everything like now everyone has that experience, but we come we all have like a different perspective of like yeah, loyalty is important. Like the game comes first. Um, not trying to like just. Sabotage. Yeah, like I I do agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, but I'm just saying like there are a lot of people who genuinely like they don't care that like oh like it's not special you like stop being an elitist like there's some people that are into the game or got into the game or just like they want to open it and just like oh they always oh wow that's so cool that's so cool like and you're like well that takes it away and but to them that's what they like about the game is that they can just get something cool every time that's like a new age kind of. I feel like that's in everyone. Of course, you always want to be pulling stuff, but I feel like there's that mentality the now. Instant gratification of pulling it, that's something exactly nice. what yeah. I was gonna say. Instant yeah. gratification is just like, ooh, cool. And again, whole reason they did Project Booster Fun is mm-hmm. to increase that like enjoyment out of opening and having fun with packs. 
Well, why? Because it's like crack, dude. Like, you open packing something so cool, oh, I want to spend more money. It, it is gambling. Let, let's not lie, there's, it's gambling. There's no way someone feels special about opening a collector booster, paying $25 or whatever for the pack, and then opening a 30 cent, like, four 30 cent rares, uh, a 20 cent mythic, and, you know, all... It, 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 but that's, but that's, your, that's your perspective. That's what I'm saying. There's some people who don't care at all. They just think, wow, that art's really cool. And they just enjoyed opening it. This isn't something they do all the time. You're thinking from the perspective of someone who plays the game, knows a ton about it, knows the ex expected value of the card is dog water. Like, there are genuine... Like, you have to almost, like, really disconnect yourself. I'll, I'll say this about this. Yes, they even did. They even did art cards, right? To, to, to cater to the people that you're okay, talking about. Okay, those are about. stupid. It, well, to you, right? But you're even talking about perspectives, right? To you, it's stupid, but to somebody... In my opinion, yeah. Yeah, but to somebody like Ethan, like, Ethan has a whole deck where instead of planes, he has art cards. Of they the are same art. Yeah, they are yeah. cool. I'm and not going to... So, I'm just saying, like, what you're saying is completely valid, but at the same in the same token, they did not need to do what they did in terms of, like, splitting the booster and into these sections to cater to the people that are like, oh, wow, I pulled something fun every time. Because... They could back have just started... Putting that in uh, yeah, no, no, the I, regular sure, booster. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't get me wrong. <laughs> I didn't need to make it twenty five dollars, and I guess that's not our point because we've already come to the decision in, in episode two, where that can't disappear at this point. Unfortunately, yeah. don't don't get me wrong. I'm not like agreeing with them. I'm just trying to bring up a perspective of like people no, don't all think like us. Yeah. You're, you're no, you're you're very valid in bringing it up. It just it, it, I I I'm just very very old head man and i and the way it worked back in the day it functioned so well the game was not in the state it is in now like seeing it it really hurts me to see when i go and look on wizard's website and i type in events near me all i see is commander and like half the events are free <laughs> and then it started like bursting out yeah, yeah, yeah. because like i like i used to go to like regional qualifiers for like standard modern right and and I Star used to be, City Games doesn't even do it anymore. Like, what happened? And, and, I, and I don't want to blame it all on this, but, like, it has to be something to do with it. Well, COVID, COVID as well. They really, once definitely. COVID hit and, and in-person stuff went down, they really hammered in an arena in, like, the set collection. That's And that's what we talked about in the, in the last episode. From a consumer's perspective, COVID, it, it seems like they were like, let's, let's test the waters. Let's let's do this new Project Booster Fund. We're pretty confident on it. And then when COVID hit, they panicked and went, we need this to make money. Pokemon is going insane. All of these like, influencers are like opening these packs and getting crazy, like colorful stuff. We need to make our packs like that. And we need to make money off of it. They like they went into like, oh, we're just going to test the waters to like full panic mode. Well, here, th think about this. And if say, say they never even messed with that, right? They didn't. Um, decided to do set and collector boosters and stuff. They were still doing draft, and COVID hit, right? The the main way that people play the game and spend money on the game is now gone because people aren't in person playing. Yeah. They, 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 I think maybe another thing is it's just like a flotation device, right? Just in case one sinks, they have the other. And uh, they're, they're, they're just diversifying. It's, it's definitely a business decision, first and foremost. This is not for the consumer. Oh, 100%. Yes. This is a business decision first. But the argument that we always keep coming back to is there was room to just put these in the packs. There was not, <laughs> there was no need to do what they're doing. They could have even done it this way, they, right? They already come out with the bundles, right? Or even the, the whatever, the gift packs. They could have just thrown it in there and increased the, the prices of those. And like, it, it would have all made sense. It would have all been fine. Yeah, I they think could, Project Booster Fun can absolutely be a thing without making 
three different boosters to find those things in. Like, I don't even have that big of an issue with the different of variants and showcases and all of that crap. I mean, whatever. Secret layers, whatever. Would I rather there be block formats with one showcase type a year? Yes, but that's a fantasy dream world that maybe we'll one day return to. <laughs> That'd be crazy. That'd be amazing. That, I like. I like, actually, if, like if we had showcase variants, but it was just a block format where you had like Throne of Eldraine and you went to three different Eldraines per one year, and it was all the same showcase. Oh my gosh! Uh, imagine, okay. imagine playing in like a three block format. Of Eldraine. But that's and and, and every yeah. every set came with the same showcase art and you pulling that showcase out of your pack, you're gonna get jazzed about that, man. Especially if it's foil. It's just yeah. how it is. Like, anyway, that's how things used to be. The variance is a completely different topic. Just the confusing because when you actually open the pack, when you've already paid for the pack, are you really gonna care as an average consumer what variant you get? No. No, not at all. Like, do I care when I open a Pokemon pack and I get a, the, a difference between a regular versus a secret gold? I mean, yeah, that's neat, but, like, I've already bought the pack. It doesn't matter. But confusing them up front, walking up to the counter and being like, here's 20 different products. Pick. That's the that's the part that I disagree with. Yeah, I know. I, I get it. Yeah. And also, you're not buying them. We're, we We don't buy them directly from Wizards of the Coast. They need limited formats to exist, not for their bottom line, but for the bottom line of the stores that support the ecosystem that's going to keep this game going long term. And in the last episode, I, I kept bringing it up, and we kind of had a disagreement where I kept saying, I think Arena is the reason that this is, this is like, we're in so deep. I think that Arena is the reason. And it's because, I think, during COVID, to Adam's point, I think everyone kind of, they just shifted everything to Arena because they understood that LGSs were closing all over the place during COVID because they had no in-person magic or in-person whatever, and they had they, they couldn't be open, right? They could not be open because, because of COVID. So because of that, they shifted everything to Arena. I think their attention, they just pushed everyone that way. Mm-hmm. They, even, they even, like, for people that did want to play in-person magic still with, like, all your cards in person, they even made a whole new program with Spell Table. And so you can just stream yourself to your friends and play a game like that. We are at the precipice of problem number four, and we're at about the 50-minute mark. For those of you listening, thank you very much. I'm going to go to a quick commercial break. We're going to grab a drink of water, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by the CCC patrons. Visit CardboardCrashCourse.com to join the Patreon. You can join the $5 tier to just throw us a bone, or you can join the higher tiers to get an MTG pack of the month open for you on video. You can check those videos out at the YouTube channel. Uh, Just viewing us or buying from the store, also at CardboardCrashCourse.com, is a great way to support us as well. So let's jump into the second half of this episode. And welcome back. We're going forward here with the article that Mark Rosewater posted with problem number four causing confusion in the marketplace wait did we already talk about that i thought we, we were did we did we <laughs> did um, i think at this point we don't really even need to like maybe super detail it mm-hmm. it's kind of reading the problems themselves okay i'll read the problem number five then it makes some magic boosters less desirable i'm gonna i think we touched yeah, on that we, yeah, we <laughs> yeah. problem number six every booster buyer wasn't getting all the cool stuff true wow that yeah that we, sounds we, about right. yep. talk about that yeah <laughs> adam um, did that yeah so, and then he moves on to a different sort of format. He says, because set boosters were a more popular item, we decided to approach the problem by figuring out what, uh, how to make a set booster playable. They were the major issues we identified. So this is a little bit different. He shifts into, there weren't enough cards. A set booster has 12, a draft booster has 15. 
Um, we combined an art card and token card into one slot and added two playable cards. I kind of wanted to talk about that for a second. The set had 12. The draft has always had 15 since the beginning of Magic. They are combining the art, the art and token, which makes perfect sense to me. I think art add token... An art should be a little bit rarer than a token. That makes sense. So they're going to take up the same slot. They're going to take up the same slot. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I want a token, though. What, don't take the token away from me, dude. <laughs> well, okay. So <laughs> I want but, the token. But here's what I, get, what I want to get it. He says and add two playable cards. Okay. So in every single pack, you're going to have 14 playable cards, where Magic's always had 15. Boo. I don't want to, like... Or you could just have 16 cards, 15 playable, and then the, the token's token, like, yeah. whoa, an extra, like, half a millimeter of cardboard. Oh, no. Yeah, so they're cutting down on cardboard by, like... Bro, look at all the money they're going to save. It's going to be awesome. Which, oh. like, seems like nothing. But well, that guy got a pay raise. Millions of packs. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, okay, guys. We, we All we have to do is tell them we're adding two playable cards to the set pack. And then that way we can take a playable card out of the draft pack. So before... So that's yeah, issue number I, one. I, I kind of feel stupid asking this, but like mm -hmm. before in a pack, yeah. all 15 cards were playable? Yes. Plus a token? Really? Plus, plus or a was token, the token and an ad? Because even Commander Masters... Or an ad, rather. One of the slots is a token. I, I felt like it was always like token or add, and then he says a set booster had twelve cards. playable plus an add or token. Draft booster has always had fifteen playable. Plus. Oh, dra like oh, the so new draft booster. No, no originals. So all, all blo block format, old school type of stuff. And format and the new draft boosters also have fifteen cards in a pack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always remember seeing it's like fifteen. Yeah. cards. I, I know it was fifteen cards, but I. Pretty sure they don't count the token as a card. They don't count it. Okay, that's what, that's kind of what I was confused about. I yeah. was like... Because token is token, even though they're made of the same material. So we're getting hosed on one card. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, if, there, if, the, if this, is this whole initiative to save on paper? Is that what this is? <laughs> so, okay, so issue number two. The colors weren't balanced. When set boosters first premiered, we did something called connected cards, where commons and uncommons in one portion of the booster had a thematic connection. Um, many were the same creature type. Uh, doing connected cards prevented us from balancing the colors, but as set boosters weren't being played, we, it wasn't considered a big deal. Uh, the connected comments and uncommons have gone away, and part of making the draft booster or making the play booster playable, including balancing colors, so the new play boosters will do that. Not uh, much to say about it, to be honest. Yeah, it's like yeah, cool. That's what draft boosters are. Uh, they're supposed to be that way. Yeah, uh, the ratios of rarities would have to shift. Draft boosters have ten commons, three uncommons, and one rare mythic. Set boosters have three to six commons, three to six uncommons, and one to four rares, or mythics. It, it used to be one rare, four uncommons, and the rest commons, back in the day. Right? For a draft? Yeah. There was two rares? No, there was no, one no, rare, no. four uncommons, and the rest and nine. Were, were, were... It was extremely, extremely rare. You'd see two rare... or uh, A mythic and a rare. Yeah, because it wasn't impossible... But it wasn't like a statistic given. Did you like not get your token or something, or you not get your land? No, the no. Rare, the second rare would just eat into the uncommon or common yeah. slot. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah. You, so yeah. theoretically, you could get ten, three, one, one. Yeah, yes. Oh, I see. I see. Theoretically, whenever I opened up a pack and I seen two rares or a rare or a or rare nine, mythic, nine, three. Dude, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were on the. I right felt track. like I was yeah. a god when I yeah. opened oh, up man, one of those packs, dude. Especially in the the sets that had more mythics. Yeah. Because oh my god. Now you pull like triple mythic packs from like a collector booster and be like garbage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, I won thirty cents and three mythics. 
Uh, to keep the fun of set boosters, we needed some variance in the slots, so we couldn't lock down exactly how many of rarity a particular booster would have. But we need to come up with the number of commons. We also want to keep the likelihood of one to four rares, as it's the number one reason cited for why we like set boosters. So they're incre- so play boosters, which will be draftable, will have one to four rares. Hmm. It's definitely going to be a different in the pack. Yes. Yeah. In the draftable pack. That seems really. Uh... Unfair, dangerous, maybe. I feel like draft. That makes. I I really hope that they have like some really good guys designing the draft. uh, Because I feel like they do. They 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 touch on it. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Like if Christo sits down, he opens up his first draft pack. He has one rare in his pack, so it's like, well, well, you know. And I open up mines, and I have four rares to pick from, that completely changes well, the Well, you're, you're assuming well, you all the rares are created them. equal. Uh, well, not, 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 not only no, that, no, no, but, no, but you mean, take the best one. Right, That's no. The thing. But, yeah, exactly. Sure. And and even if they are even if they were created all equal, the thing is now I can choose. Like, I... Like, a, like... The best rare in the, in the right. set. Right, I can, I can choose. I'm like, okay, well, that's, like, literally the best rare in the set, or or just whatever. It really doesn't matter. It's just, I don't think you understand how the, how crazily imbalanced that is. If he only opens up one rare and I open up four, my draft is already 100 times better, regardless of what I pick. It's four times and, and, and if I'm sitting to his right, and I only get past packs one time, <laughs> and it had, it's not the time that he opens four rares, I'm, I'm, I, I just lose that draft. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah the guy, the guy, the guy that he's <laughs> passing to to his left. Yeah, he's, he's just gonna, he's like, oh, three rares, cool. Yeah, if the guy that's passing to Christos only got one rare and he takes the rare, and Christos gets no rares. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. That's I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to be positive. I, I, no, I, I mean it's true though. Like it's it's also up to them to design this properly. So if if you end up where, yeah, it's more rare. Like the effect might be f- more flashy. But really, it's the uncommon that you want for your pack. That's up to the designers to to do well, yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, even back in the this, day, this could turn out perfectly fine. And yeah, in that even back in the day, there it's was just a, funny. There was such a thing as rare drafting, right? So yeah. like people would just take a rare no matter what, mm-hmm. even though the uncommon is the best card, in, or like even a common sometimes is the best card in your pack. Or even back, well, we're going way back, but like in in original uh, Innistrad. Your flip card might not even be the best card in the pack, but you, when you open the pack, it's revealed to everybody. So it's not like they like I'm sitting ac- across the table from from Adam, and Adam sees I pull a Bloodline Keeper, and he pulls like a Delver of Secrets. Well, we all we know who's gonna win that game if we play together. So like you know, <laughs> well another thing too is like I've noticed in a lot of these sets as of late, it just they have so many rares, like an insane amount to the, the to the point where it's like. Rares aren't rare anymore. Rares are like uncommons. Then there's like the good rares. Then there's the okay mythics, and then there's the good mythics. Like they're almost need. They're like split in their own category. Like subsections. Yeah. You hear my conspiracy take? It's for arena. Just saying that right now. That's to keep the uh, arena economy. Uh, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, oh yeah. You don't. <laughs> I'm yeah. just. Say, I'm just saying. If you want to like a val- yeah. if you want a valid arena deck, bro, you're gonna need like at least like thirty rares and rares in that economy. Oh yeah. Yeah, when when you go when you when you go to like uh, when I look up like like like, a, like a, the meta decks or whatever, yeah. it's like you need you need forty rare wild cards to yeah. build this deck. And most most like, of them are lands. Like, dude, since when is that yeah. the way it works? Yeah, it is mostly it's, lands. Right now, meta is like lands. There's like you probably need to at least craft sixteen lands, which are all rares because you want four ofs. Uh, especially right now with the control meta, you want the the creature lands. They're all rares, so it's well, and they just they they make rares and some of them. Be, Dog water, yeah. and then there's like up the beanstalk. 
uh, on common, they they fully knew that that card would be really well. Oh, that is really the new good. like Guruk's yeah. upgrade. Like that 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 itself, like you were saying, you could open a pack and be like, my rare is not the best card. No, not even close. It's an uncommon or a common. Like and and I think they touch about it in the article as well, where they yeah. talk about like making commons just more powerful. Power creep, of course, it's happening. Um, maybe not as egregiously as some other card games like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh happens every other set, man. Well, Yu-Gi-Oh is a completely set. different issue They're... because, just as a side note, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh has no rotating format. Yeah, I, they, have, they, have, they basically just play like modern, essentially. Yeah, they, there are some good commons though. Like, uh, we'll just take Mono Red as an example. Mono Red, you could literally make common and uncommon and do. Really well. That's what I yeah. do. <laughs> uh, the, most of the meta mono red cards right now are literally common. I just feel like at this point, some of the, like some of the rarities are just arbitrary. There's like yeah, eh, whatever. It doesn't really yeah, matter yeah, that much it, anymore. It, but because, just because it, we don't draft, because there's yeah. there's less and less. Yeah, draft I also have the, I don't have that experience as well. Yeah, so. when 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 you come from drafting back in the day, and there can I, be bombs I, that yeah. in constructed you would go. What is this? Yeah, it's trash. I, I actually I was like recently like uh, looking up looking at some cards uh, in my collection. And I was like, man, these are really good cards, and like I know I'm like from conspiracy or whatever, and they're all commons. I'm like, man, these are really good cards, and I could recall back to when I was drafting conspiracy, and like I open like a, a Chase Mythic or whatever, like like a Queen Marchesa or something. And I'm like, I would rather have this common than having Queen Marchesa in that draft, even yeah. though it's Queen Marchesa. Great card, fun to play, whatever, and Commander, great. But in draft, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. So he moves on to we would have to ch uh, change how we make sets. Uh, how we design sets is heavily influenced by the means we package it in boosters. Changing as uh, the uh, fan of rarities, introducing more variants and slots, adding in more outside cards, all impact how the set plays and thus require us how to build the set. Um, of all the changes, this one was the biggest. R&D spent a lot of time on this, and I'll get into more of the nitty-gritty of how design structure has changed when we get into previews for Murders at Karlov Manor. So, just as a, as a aside, this is not going into effect until Murders at Karlov Manor. Which is the first set of next year, which is after oh, after Ravnica Remastered. It is not the first set of next... It's the first yeah, standard legal set of next first year. First standard legal set yeah. of next year, yes. Wow. So we still... We still have to wait through Ixalan, and we still have to wait through Ravnica Remastered. Just but then, in time for the holidays, boys. Get yeah, those collector boxes. Yeah, but then, right. but then <laughs> after the that, stuff. it'll be play boosters starting at Murder. I, now, I've walked to what yeah. we changed. I want to get to specifics of the new play booster will include. Uh, these will be correct for Murders at Karlov Manor, the first place you'll see play boosters, with some change from set to set. In other words, play boosters will follow this general pattern, but details vary. So now play boosters are just gonna be whatever they feel like during like each set. I feel out. like you. I feel like if you make that transition, you can't go back. I feel. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I feel like once they step into play booster realm, that's it. Like they can't. They can't go back and they can't change that from that unless they go back to like one actual box. I'd be down for that. But I think it's in the right direction. Play booster, collector booster. I think that's a good direction. I this is what I was gonna say earlier. That yeah, so my I, overall thoughts on this are very positive. Yeah, I think it is positive. And my my hot take that I was bringing, I don't even know if it's a hot take. I I think having just one type of booster that you play with and then the collector, I don't I don't have any issue with that. I oh my gosh! I don't personally have an issue with collector boosters. That's what people have been literally begging for. Probably. Begging for. Please go back to the way it was. Please go back to War of the Spark before Throne of Eldraine, where we had one booster. For the love of God. I, I feel like like this is just like they're slowly tiptoeing back to just condensing everything into one box. I mm -hmm. feel like I feel like in a year or two from now, they're like, 
Guys, unfortunately, uh, we're sunsetting collector boosters, and we're increasing the price of play boosters now. And we're going to average it out yeah. to $15 a pack, and they're all that's the only one that, you can buy. I, I can see that. But I that's I mean, that. I mean, like, I think back to, like, when I, the, even the first Modern Masters, back in, like, 2015 mm-hmm. or whatever it was, those packs were, like, double, triple the price of a normal pack. Mm-hmm. And I... I was fine with that because you bought cards that were good, right? And if the, they do the same thing with uh, with uh, with standard legal cards, it's like, yeah, of course that makes sense. There's no MSRP anymore. It makes sense to have the cards or the pack be worth more because the cards in there are better. They're designed better. They're etc. Yeah. Is there is there a word for like the act of removing something that people liked and then bringing it back and then like pretending like it's a brand new thing? We're listening, like. For example, Call of Duty, oh. they re- yeah, they just remove features and then they bring it back and use it as selling points. Like, hey, remember that thing you used to like that we removed for no reason other than because screw you guys? It's oh, coming back now. Called, buy the game. It's called nostalgia baiting. It's, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's called it Overwatch Two. Yeah, bro. Let's be honest. Like every every, I think every company in in, in an industry where they sell product to people, where it's like revolving product. Even like you could think of video games. We came up, we came up with many examples, but like they'll be like, "All right, guys, get your rose tinted glasses on because here comes this again." And it's like, get to like even now with like the, they're doing Dominaria remastered, right? Return and then the Ravnica remastered. They're like, "You guys remember Ravnica? Here we go." That's not inherently <laughs> bad though. Like it's it not it's cool. not oh, bad, no, it's not. but it's not bad. But but it it, it is a little lazy in I, my in yeah. my eyes in terms of like just it it, it feels just like kind of like disrespectful to the consumer because like in my eyes would and we i think at least three of us here care somewhat about the story of the game and they don't progress the story by continually going back to old sets i mean like hey guys if you remember teferi from dominaria it's like half the people don't even know who teferi is from dominaria from original dominaria yeah who actually knows when the first okay there's tell me in the comments if you can remember when dominaria actually premiered and I'm not talking about Dominaria the set. I'm talking about Dominaria the plane. Uh, Nobody actually cares. It's Alpha, right? They literally start on Dominaria. Am I wrong? The first plane, it, it, yes. I just want to say, uh, Chris, I, I remember Chris and I was talking about this. Uh, Brothers War could have been a three-set block. There's so Easily. much, so much story in that set that they actually just rushed through and forced into one set. Uh, there's there's three different Urzas, there's three different Mishras. They they could have literally separated each of those into one different set or one each set. One Mish, or the young Mishra, young Urza when they were kids in the the first set. The the ones when they're getting older, second set, and then obviously the when they have the, the war into the third set. And and I was just wow, just they, even, even the fact even, that they made even two sets, there's, multiple different cards of Mishra and Urza showed that they had way more story to tell than they could tell and, in that and imagine set. imagine a person like you kind of what you were saying earlier Adam about somebody that's just they just want to open a pack to have like a good like to experience magic I mean even Anthony right the the reason he started playing was because he opened the pack he loved the artwork he fell in love with the artwork and then he fell in love with the story then he fell in love with the game like those are entry points so as a business why are you doing this to like you're you're condensing it all into one into one pack and like people are gonna get confused if they don't if they come from the outside and you you buy a pack and you're like I have three different versions of Urza like I don't know what the heck's going on and you have to go look it up and it's like it makes more sense when it's chronological in my in my head but maybe I it's because I come from the time of blocks they they just drifted away from their roots for greed realistically like they just 
they saw a light and they wanted at the end of the tunnel and they wanted to get it. And they wanted to get those TikTok brains. <laughs> I mean, like, it, well, I mean, unfortunately, I just, it's just like, yeah, that's the reason, right? Oh, well, not this set might not be for everyone, or some people might not like the aesthetic. We just you need to appeal to everyone, just like mass appeal to everyone. Oh, do something new, try something new. It's just like, yeah, they've completely lost sight of like what actually got people into the game, and like. I bet the the actual like design team probably like really gets frustrated with that. Like they obviously have the opportunity to make all this new stuff and, and toy around there with different ideas. Definitely on the design team that care way more about the magic story than Wizards of the Coast is allowing them to care about. Yeah, I can imagine those people are very frustrated uh, working for the company and not being able to like do their best work or show their best work to the. Right. To the and and we already kind of touched on this a little bit ago, but. You know, if this is a business first sort of mindset where they're like, they don't care about like the consumer. They don't care that I've been drafting for years. They don't care about that, right? They just care about like, how can we get into their wallets and, and like, and, and, and basically re- increase our bottom line. You like gangsters, don't you? <laughs> New Capenna. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like, you just keep firing from the hip and just whatever works, works. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they, they like anime. Yeah, exactly. But like, in my head, right? And I, and it, I think it's just because maybe I again I come from like restaurants and like you need you need retention of your customers. If you get your like core fifty customers that just will always come back to you, you you don't have to worry about rent. You don't have to worry about food costs as much because you know you have the consistency. And I feel like what they're doing is they're kind of they're almost gambling with us with their their with their customer base. They're like we'll just see what works mm-hmm. and like. And that not only it might be great for them as a company, but for LGSs, it's awful because now you have a customer that maybe they don't like anime, maybe they don't like gangsters, maybe they don't like Return to Ravnica or whatever, you know. So they're going to go into your store and they're like, "I don't like any of this stuff. I'm leaving." Well, and they don't immediately see the problem because to them, the store just buys it from them and they get their money. Like exactly. And the very worst that's going to happen is that they're going to be able to sell it to Amazon. And even if it's at a loss of MSRP, there's no MSRP anymore. So they can sell it to Amazon for $40 a box, and Amazon can dump it at $60 a box. And that's just how it is. To semi-defend Wizards and semi-defend the, the gangster set, a.k.a. Nuka Penna, <laughs> Nuka Penna was an amazing story, and I think most people probably don't know about it because they just like, oh, these are, you know, these are the gangster families and mafia families. And there is that in there, uh, but it's it, it it's very important. It, it, what they're selling, what how's you know Obnixilus is slowly trying to take over. I feel like that could have been an easy another three set block of New Capenna, like uh, of the slums, the different families, the the, the, the return to Ravnica. the different intricacies, yeah. like the things that are going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of different things going on behind the scenes, and none of that. I feel like that one set, that one box of set doesn't capture half of what's actually going on in the set and it's so sad i almost seem like i almost feel like a new capenna could have been like a uh like an original innistrad yeah uh, where it was where it was the introducing the sort of sad dark bleak plane and then it gets even worse in the second set but then you get a little spark of hope at the end of that and then the third set is like the redemption where it's you know innistrad Dark Ascension, and then but then Avison restored, where she returns. All of that happens in one block, and you yeah. don't even know it. As if as a customer, if you're just starting out and you just buy Nuka Penna, you're just like, huh? There's cards in this set, and things are happening. 
We are officially getting back into the packs. Uh, we're going to start with one to six commons, which is pretty standard. It's a little bit less than standard. A little bit less. Might be a good thing. But here's why. Uh, slot number seven is common slash the list card. So what used to be possible as a token, the list is now going to be draftable. But, yeah, it's actually kind of exciting, though. It, I, this is a good thing, in my opinion. I don't know, man. That's kind of whack. <laughs> no, I think, I think it explains it. Yeah, it does explain it. If it was just how it is now, mm -hmm. then it would be no. Oh, duh. no, thank you. But All right, I'm um, listening. I'm listening. Okay. The idea behind the list is that it's a group of cards chosen to make boosters more exciting to open without having to be entered into standard. In the past, the list has mostly been old reprints of older cards. Play boosters are going to tinker with what exactly can be on the list. For example, when play boosters premiere, the list will include what we call special guests. Ten cards that are exciting reprints that can give new art and will thematically tie into whatever set they are in. What we do with the special guests will change from set to set. Though Lost Caverns of Ixalan will not play boosters, special guest is debuting, so you already have an, an idea. In addition to special guests, there'll be 40 cards that are reprints without new art. Of those, 30 will be common and uncommon, and 10 will be rare or mythic. This is down from the 300 cards, so it'll be 40 cards per set. Okay, that's way it, better. Down from the 300 cards that previous iterations of the list have. It's kind of here's, like a mix. Here's your, here's your likelihood of getting items from the set. 85% common, 9% common. Um, common or uncommon, normal reprints, and then it goes down to like 1% rare mythic or 1% special guest. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't mean to like cut you off, but like the percentages at that point, most people are like, oh, okay, whatever, like what the percentage ends up being. But I think it's kind of like a mix of like the bonus sheet and mm -hmm. like the list in general, where it's like now each set pack has like their own special mini bonus sheet thing that doesn't have to require all this new extra art and stuff it's just like some reprints that thematically fit and that's kind of like the play boosters like they were saying introduce this aspect where like it's gonna every set's almost gonna feel different because they're gonna have like maybe different um how the pack is put together is gonna be slightly different they're gonna have all these different powerful and like um like reprints and stuff like i think it's overall pretty cool and making the list into something that's draftable with the archetypes in draft and making it only 40 cards to specifically complement those archetypes instead of over 300, I have absolutely no problem with. Because no one was excited to open some garbage common from, like, Time that, Spiral. That had nothing to do with... But the reason why it was could be in the set pack is because it wasn't. It didn't have to be draftable. Yeah, I think the biggest problem... Uh, but this well, is fixing list, so it's draftable. Yeah, I think that's that's what I... When I originally heard the list, I was like, bro, there's, like, 300 cards in there. But now, since they're making it... 40 or for whatever it was, that's way better. Uh, slot th 8 through 10 is uncommon cards. Um, slot 11 is either a rare or mythic. Slot 12 is a land. So these are these are going to have basic lands in all of them. Uh, basic or common land, sorry. Uh, slot 13 is a non-foil wild card slot. Uh, whatever it is, it can be non-foil. Uh, it can be any rarity and a possibly a possibility of being a booster fun variant. Okay. Ooh. That's what, solid. Wait, what does that mean? So it, it can be almost anything from the main set. It's a, literally a wild card of any oh, rarity. Oh, a wild card of any rarity. Okay. Non-foil, though. It has to be non-foil. This is just kind of... And it could probably have, like, the special art treatment. Reinforces my idea that we might be tiptoeing back to just scrunching it all together. super okay. down for that. Yeah, <laughs> I would be, too. Um, but slot 14 is traditional foil wild card. This is the exact same as the last one, but it has to be foil. Um, then slot 15 is a non-playable slot. So token, art card, ad card, etc. 
Um, the differences from set boosters is it's adding two playable cards, but it's getting rid of no connected commons or uncommons. Basically, it's turning it into a draft, but then it's actually getting rid of one card. I'm, I'm like sort of looking forward to seeing what cards they're going to incorporate on the list. Mm-hmm. Because if it's supposed to complement the whole set in terms of drafting it, I don't know, it just better be good. That's all I have. Mana Crypt, Mana Crypt, that's a special guest card. No, Mana Crypt is one is of the special guest cards for Ixalan. For Ixalan? But, but that's, not, getting but that's drafted. not This is not that's part not of Play drafted. Boosters or There's whatever. no way. Because yeah. that, that's not until... Play, so Ixalan is this year. Okay, so, yes. so, so what they said was that they are debuting special guests into draft packs, yeah. starting with Ixalan. But then special guests will be in every play booster. That's like the feature of play boosters. So there's with the debuting is um, what's it's the original Merfolk Lord, the Lord of Atlantis. Yeah, is one. The Mana Crypt is another one. Um, I and they they announced a couple a more. A few more. A Cavern of Souls. That's just Cavern of Souls legal. is just a new standard legal oh. card. Cool. Yeah, they're just putting that back in the standard for like I, first time in fifteen years. I, or whatever. I will say that I. I really hope that this idea with like having the list mm-hmm. incorporated within even drafting, I really hope it is just like a haven for good reprints. Uh, I know that the list has been a haven for some reprints in the past for you, you guys Randomly. told me, but it's yeah. It, now if it's going to be more deliberate, like if we're on the plane of Ravnica and we're going to reprint shocks in the list, if they're not going to be incorporated, I don't know why they wouldn't be. Or what's a better example, like the old Aurelia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can cool. even do things. You can even do exciting things like um, commander-specific cards that just happen to be from Ravnica. Like imagine doing Ravnica Remastered and Mizix's Mastery is on it, which was never printed in Ravnica. That was a commander fourteen, 14 yeah, card. Fourteen. Um, but Mizix is from Ravnica. Yeah. So you can do fun story type things like that, or like that, throw in like a Cranko since he's from there or something like that. Right. Even though he wasn't actually. Uh, does that mean more bombs in limited formats if they have more rares? There will be more cards of a rare and mythic level power, but uh, adapting to that is part of how R&D is adjusting our set design. All our playtests have been done with this in mind, and they've been very enjoyable. So they're being honest about that, at least. Um, why are there only 14? The change to the play booster adds the ability to rethink. Um, boosters have always had 15, because that's what Richard Garfield choose to, chose to do with Alpha. Used before. He's being so open in this. I think it's probably because it's kind of like an admission of fault. Yeah, I, it's it's kind of nice, actually. It's kind of like a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. They're I, luring I, you I, in. <laughs> yeah, the no, false, I, false sense of like uh, comfort sec- or whatever. Yeah, security. Yeah, security. I, I, you know, I as somebody that has been out of the game for a very long time, it's like kind of nice to hear you say that because I felt that one of the reasons I left was at toward the end when I was like seeing like kind of the way Magic was changing. I was like. Man, they kind of just seem like really out of touch with the community, like robots. Uh, yeah, like like. But doesn't it sound like he's actually? I don't want to like sing, his praises. His praises, but to me, it seems like even if this is just one PR, like we have to save it, sort of thing. Like at least they're even doing that. Well, the thing is, yeah, it had you have to look between why they're doing it mm-hmm. versus like. Like they're they're doing it because they know they're kind of like in a bad spot. Right. So like, of course you can't like criticize it because they're doing a good thing, but you need to know why they're doing it. Yeah, which it's, is because it's they already messed up. So you, you just got to be 
cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of games that don't even have, like, not, not just card games, but video games or anything, where they don't have a messenger. And because of that, you're just kind of left in the dark for a very long time. You're like, what is going on? So him doing this, I don't know if it's on a very consistent basis, but him being open enough to come out and say, like, hey, guys, don't shoot the messenger, but I got a message, and it being a good one for a change, uh, that's a g- good sign to me. This part, this paragraph is definitely him apologizing for something that Wizard of the Coast just wants to happen. Um, he talks about how 14 cards had the best playability and that felt the best in draft. Um, one of the reasons we went down was addressing a common complaint that there were too many cards that didn't get used. That's kind of true. But that's also the the idea that's, of draft. They just want to print. I mean, they, they just want to print less cardboard. I, I understand it to a degree, but like uh, as as again somebody that's drafted a ton, you need to have pack filler because if every card you draft is a, just a just a bomb, absolutely like just great, a standard then point. then yeah, you're like you might as well just be playing standard. Might as well just be playing constructed, right? You, you know, like the the whole you have idea to have the, your vanilla. The whole idea yeah. of playing limited is that you need to be able to take away the power and play in a, in a more raw environment where you're kind of forced to play with garbage. Mm-hmm. Your three mana three three is actually usable. Yeah, well, three <laughs> mana two two in some instances back in the day, yeah. and you'd happy, you'd be happy. <laughs> I mean, they kind of pointed out at the end of that that thing there, talking about one of the reasons they went down in commons and set boosters was addressing people's complaint that there were too many cards that didn't get used. So part of adapting play boosters included making less usable commons in draft, which made the fifteenth card less necessary. And no, and this this change makes sense. I think that this is the direction that they should have gone with initially. If they wanted to address that. He leaves it on a very odd note. Because he answers a question that I think is going to leave a sour taste in people's mouths. But he says, he has the questions to himself. Will playing in limited events cost more? He says, likely, yes. Play likely? Bo- I, why even say that? Because there's no MSRP. <laughs> so it's like, the pre- yeah. Keep going. But play boosters match the cost of a set booster, not a draft booster. Which will result in limited environments going up in cost slightly. However, the expected value of the booster went up as well because there are opportunities to pull additional rares and mythics. So yes, you will be paying slightly more, but you'll be getting more value out of the boosters. Your rare and mythic rare uh, card ratio per dollar spent will be staying the same. That is the first time that I've read an article by a Wizards of the Coast employee that specifically stated your rares and mythics will have more value. They could totally hide behind and just say, well, of course, rares are more valuable. But, like, they're, they, they're they being very, like, uh, what's the right word? Not facetious. conspicuous. Facetious, yeah. Of, like, well, more value. Like, oh, you're thinking money value. We're just talking rares. That's mythics, that's, that's, those are more valuable than yeah. commons, right? They're like, more rare. Th- that's, it's, <laughs> it's very vague for a reason. Um, and that's the whole article I, that he, he does. He says, Lost Caverns of Exxon puts... Spoilers start soon, and thank you for listening. Contact me. The whole the whole point of like my frustration, and I will say that overall I'm positive on this article, and I'm just really happy that we're moving in the right direction. But I said, uh, the, the the my whole my whole thing, the whole reason I'm frustrated to begin with in the first place is because a new player who is just getting into Magic, if they're going to draft, it's going to feel really bad in the in the current state with the way the draft boosters are, drafting and getting absolutely nothing for it. Basically feeling like you lost money, you lost your value. Versus like you going in and hopefully in this new system, yeah. opening a mythic that's worth the the money that you invested. Because that's going to feel like, okay, cool. 
not only is this like a game that uh, enjoy it, you enjoy, but it respects your money and your time. Yeah. Well, it's gonna feel really bad when two years from now, if this succeeds, which hopefully, I mean, I want it to succeed. I am definitely yeah, not like same. magic needs to die. No, I want this to succeed the way that he's talking about it succeeding. Hopefully. This doesn't mean that we go back to Wilds of Eldraine or to Brothers War. And all of the stuff from Eldraine to Brothers War is or Eldraine to to Ravnica Remastered is just confusing garbage. From Throne to Throne of Eldraine to Ravnica? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I would I'm because the value's already pretty bad. The value's rough bro i I one one thing i did want to add um and this doesn't really affect the value conversation but it's the last thing i wanted to just add outside of the article to the to our next conversation somebody asked him on his blog um there's no slot for the commander cards like there is in step set packs oh yeah and he responds with there will be no more commander cards in premier sets oh my gosh that sounds packs. amazing that's good that was always so dumb that, that was randomly in a set pack anyway yeah. so there's no you're not going to be can you enlighten me on that i have no idea okay. what you're talking about so you know how there's commander precons and there's specific cards in those commander precons yeah. that belong to like zendikar rising commander well in some sets and i don't know exactly the sets but in some sets within this time period you were able to open a commander card in a set pack which makes kind of sense Sometimes there would be sets of commander cards that you could find in the packs that weren't even in the precons that went along with the set. So the only place that you could find these commander cards were in the set pack randomly. Wait, what cards were those? Like Yoshimaru? Yeah, tons the of dog. Cards. Yeah, you tons could only pull cards. that in the commander slot. Or it in wasn't the in a precon. Or Wait, a that was that wasn't um, that wasn't in a collector booster either. Well, collector oh, booster collector has the commander booster. slot. Yeah, yeah, the collector oh, booster also. Wait, did I did I did I just have like a fever dream? When did they have exclusive commander cards that weren't in decks that they sold? I All didn't know time. that. Yeah, it's every set. Every set. Yeah, yeah I've been living a lie. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you in, bought in, in all Wilds of, of Eldraine, decks, Wilds yeah. of Eldraine, they have commander cards. If you that buy both commander what, like what? decks, I don't know. I don't. That's like, a couple of the courts. If you buy both commander, no, decks I thought those were in the deck. If you buy I'm both, tripping. You are tripping because if you buy both commander decks, don't. Well, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look some of these up, man. I mean, I'm do look up some specific cards. I'm just like kind of like intrigued now. I yeah. Did so not if know you that. buy both commander decks from Wilds of Eldraine, you do not uh, end up with one of every Wilds of Eldraine commander card. Yeah. There are more that you can find in packs. I have to say that's kind of fucked. That is. I did not know that. That I, as a consumer, I like I don't know what the heck you're talking about with this Yoshimaru thing, but like Yoshimaru what, what, is a dog. What, 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 a, whatever it may be, <laughs> it, it, if, if I'm a guy that's like I really want to play that card, and the only way to get it is by sheer luck or buying a single, I'm not buying sealed product. It's crazy because the Yoshimaru was like actually like really good. Yeah, when he came out, it was like it's just a one drop, and it was like twenty dollars simply because Jeez, simply because that was the only way you could get it. You yeah. could get it. You couldn't get it in a precon or anything like that. Yeah, even though they came out with precons. For Neon Dynasty, the on that was Neon Dynasty, yeah. No, it was the no. set with the uh, uh, Dahada, I think. Okay, yeah. I, 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 Even I, though they had Commander precons, if you bought one of each, you still wouldn't add up, end up with Yoshimaru. There's a really legendary stuff. I really want to say this because I feel like this is a good place for us to transition into maybe the next episode. And I don't know if you want to include any of this, but I think the next episode should be about like the spirit of Commander. 
Because I feel like the fact that we're even talking about this mm-hmm. being a thing in a standard printed set is bonkers to me. Because the spirit of Commander is like, you just pick up your garbage and play. And now they're printing deliberately so cards. So episode four is the spirit of Commander. So we're going to have to put, put a pin in that. Yeah. Pick up your garbage and play. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you could... So he does say that there will be no set specific Commander cards in Premier's packs Good. anymore. Hallelujah. Now that I know that. That was short-lived. <laughs> that was not short-lived. It's been since, like... Yeah, maybe for you. Well, yeah, it's been since Zendikar Rising. No. Yes. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was... Because I was just looking at something, and it sounded like at least Neon Dynasty was for sure one of the first sets that did it. Yeah, they've they've had it. While it's Veldrain, you you have to find some cards in. So how so when it... When Especially it, if you're thinking about treatments. Treatments are... In, in yeah. that slot, though, like... What set symbol does it have? Does it have the commander set? Yep. Because I knew that you could get those in like collector packs. Like in a collector oh. pack, you could get uh, a card from like one of the new designed cards from uh, the commander set, and you could get like extended art and stuff like that. And then I I knew set boosters occasionally had it, which was like okay, I'll get this commander card and the set booster, or whatever. But I didn't know that there was exclusive commander cards yep. in set boosters mm-hmm. only. Yep. Set boosters, collector boosters. Yeah. I, but um, also. On the same accord, you can find cards in the jumpstart packs that you are part of the main set that you cannot find in drafter set packs. No, I knew that. What's happening to jumpstart? I don't know what's happening. There's. I'm just saying. If that's if if he's hard on that, that might also be something that's disappearing. I still think they should keep. The OG Jumpstart, like not, or you know, like they should come out with it every once in a while, like, like just a straight Jumpstart set. But it should be just as good as the first Jumpstart. I think that the the second was Jumpstart twenty twenty two. I think that's that's terrible. I, I'm just saying Jumpstart twenty twenty two. I think it was ter- Con- compared to the first Jumpstart set. I think it was terrible. The first Jumpstart set even is definitely the best, and it and it deserves to exist. Yeah, yeah. Nah. But the ones that are that accompany every. It's still good. It's still, the first Jumpstart set is still yeah, good. Yeah, but the I ones that accompany every getting, uh, set the, don't need to happen. Any player getting into Magic should buy a Jumpstart box. Yeah, because even back in the day, like the dual decks and stuff, like not all the, all those cards were standard legal, and I'm assuming Jumpstart cards aren't standard legal? No. They're not? So if that's supposed to be like your introduction product, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely needs to be like at least yearly in my eyes. Like yeah, at least yearly. That's what dual decks are nowadays. Yeah. We've had that discussion in the first episode, yeah. but I don't have an issue with Jumpstart. I don't think it needs to accompany every set, though, like they've been doing. I feel like it almost, and like you know how like, Commander products used to be, where it was like every, one a year. One a year. I think that's what it needs to be. Commander product one a year. Jumpstart product one a year. Well, not no, not Commander product. I'm saying just Jumpstart. I think that there needs to be an intro product for new people because there's always new people coming to the game. You need to have you need to have a easy easy point of entry. Because if I, if that if that kid goes and buys the new Doctor Who Commander deck, and you're like, "All right, dude, let me explain suspend to you." Like, what? Like what? <laughs> you don't even know what, like how to play the game. Yeah, I don't think they should make Jumpstart every year unless it is as good as the first one. And the reason I'm so gung ho and such a fanboy about Jumpstart is it has really good cards that are still used in Commander, 
the 60 card format, or we were not 60 here, but whenever you slap the two decks, it's still very fun and still very good. Uh, the black one was like the black was Shildred, uh, and it had uh, Exquisite Blood. It had the green was Crater Hoof and Alasaur Shepherd. All of these are like cards that are played in almost every commander deck. Um, and are they played in other formats? Uh, well, Last the Jumpstart time. format itself, right? When you put the the packs together and play, you know. Well, what I mean is like. Is there any, like, modern cards in that set? Is there uh, any cards that are, like... I'll be honest, I don't even know what modern is now. So, I don't, like, I couldn't tell you. Uh, so, does it only really... What, what is Who does it cater to? Just new players? Like That's that's what it was made for. It was yep. made for... Because all the, all the, like, mechanics it's in the, the set are exact very... The dual decks were catered to before. Very simple mechanics in the set. Uh, no, nothing crazy. You know, it just, it just gets you in the game. It gives you the, like, the... It, it basically shows you what each color can do. Right and, and and it gives every you really good cards. Every card has the reminder text on yeah. it. Every like gotcha. Yeah, good. It's they're like it's, versions of the. Some of them are just versions of the card. Like they're in the normal set without the reminder text, but in the Jumpstart product, same exact card except it has it. I know Shildred's. Uh, uh, she's in modern, right? So the OG Shildred. I don't right? think she's played. The, I, well, I'm just yeah. saying she yeah. she is part of the set. So I'm. I guess some of them are in modern. I don't think it's really. Oh, I don't you, really think the set is catered. To, it doesn't to, print cards into any new format. It just no, no, no. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm asking is like, is there any playable cards in, like play, cards that are played in other formats? There were uniquely designed cards in the Jumpstart stuff. Like, that Muc was the Muc new one. The one that I play. Uh, the original Jumpstart. And, there and were. I feel like he was made for. Ruvac. That's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. He was a brand new. So design. the so wrapping it up here, made for Commander, made for like specific formats should be our next episode here. I want to get everybody's closing thoughts on where Magic is going with these boosters, starting with Murders of Karlov Manor. Be, are you going to be drafting? Would you ever be interested in doing that again? I would like to commit to going to this draft, uh, the four of us. Yes, I, I, I would go. I, I would wanted go. to go to more drafts because I haven't had that experience. I, my first draft when I went to like a store was um, March of the Machine. and I mean, that was fun, and I, I've always kind of wanted to. You guys have done it back in the day. I think maybe this will be a really... I think in general it just makes me almost kind of want to buy a box to just see like what what's going to be in them, how they're going to be. And obviously that's kind of how people thought about set boxes when they first came out, right? So I'm excited to like actually like go if and maybe buy a box If there was only one box, is, like even though the combining draft and set is going to make me want this. Yeah, that's it's, that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm I'm already down to buy one box of the when the new play booster come out, comes out because... Um, I mean, I don't really care for. I, I like the collector edition sometimes of the cards, but really, I just want the card. I'm curious to see, like, because um, your question was, how do you think it's going to affect Magic? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious to see if this is going to reinvigorate. What's the word? Reinvigorate. Reinvigorate. Thank you. Reinvigorate. Thank you. Uh, the standard format in person. Because, like I said, man, I look up events. There's no standard events. There's no. I see, like, a modern qualifier here and commander. Sure. And that's it. So a lot of people online have been saying this is them creating a problem and then fixing the problem, but in the process of fixing the problem, raising the prices. Yes, I kind of agree with that. That's a very, very pessimistic way of looking at this. That's not completely incorrect, but like... Now, what I'm worried about is what we talked about earlier, where... Maybe they fix the problem even further, and they combine collector packs again, but then they average them out at 15 a pack. 10 a pack. I would be okay with that. I don't know. I think it, they will... If I had access to everything in one pack, I'd be okay with 
uh, I don't know, 12 to 15 a pack. But that's kind of the whole idea originally, right? Is like they want to split off to maybe like, here's a product. Not every product's for you, right? They've said that multiple times. Some (laughs) products are like cheaper. I'm just, I think, I think realistically it will stay the play boosters and the collector boosters. I don't think the collector boosters are going anywhere. It makes plenty of money. Um, and okay. it doesn't change anything, right? You get the collector booster, it still makes sense. I mean, he like, seems very confident on it. Yeah, like, I, I think that's probably very fair. I'm still I'm still in my court where I think we're going to eventually just scrunch it all together. I think that's for the best. But um, I, I do agree with Adam reluctantly uh, because I want to be right. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think, though, that Adam's probably correct. And, and, and I think we're just going to be kind of chilling here for at least a year or two until they make any sort of other change. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, the whole thing about, like, this product not being for you, I feel like that is a very bad PR. <laughs> because, like, it, as a Magic player, as somebody that's played in all formats, I did so because I was able to go and buy all these different products to get introduced to these things. Magic 30 would love to talk to you, bro. Uh, yeah. That's all. Yeah, I think that's a great sounding point. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say, I think going back to one box where you can have access to everything is going to, it would make the value of cards go up. And when I say that is because I feel like if you only have like a slot or two to get borderless cards, it's going to be more rare to get. And especially if the borderless is a rare or borderless is a mythic, people are going to want those people that buy collector boosters only just to hit those are going to buy more of the play or that, that one set so they can hit those, those, uh, those cards. So if that's what you want to capitalize off of is that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get the money out of those people's pockets. Why wouldn't you just go to one box where they, they, they have to fight for those two slots or whatever in that pack to get that me personally, I just want the card and I would love to just go back to one box. And I would buy more. Bo- I would buy more sealed. I would love to buy sealed again. Well, I'm I'm bad. definitely going to be buying more sealed as in I, I, starting at Murders at Karloff Matter. I yeah, will, I'll try it out. I'll I will be trying at least the first set or two to be buying. Yo, more Modern sealed. Horizons three, baby! I'm hyped. That set's <laughs> gonna be so broken. <laughs> <laughs> My brain. All right. Well, I think that's a good stopping point for today. Um, it's currently twelve thirty where we are, and I think it's about time for bedtime for all of us. Well, smash bros, smash bros. True. <laughs> if you all have enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, everything that you're listening to. It really helps a lot. Give us a five star, four star, give us one star if you hated it. Um, go ahead and give us a like on YouTube. And I want to hear in the comments what you thought about the episode, what we could do better. And I hope that you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.